No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the prophet Isaiah pronounces judgment against the haughty women of Jerusalem. There will be devastation and captivity, but afterwards renewal and refuge. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 3 on Simply the Bible. God is slow to anger. He is patient with people not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But a day of reckoning is coming. Unfortunately, many people mistake God's patience for his approval. Now, in Isaiah 3 and 4, God speaks of the judgment that was coming on Jerusalem and Judah for her sins. But he also speaks of the renewal of Israel at the end of the age. God remembers mercy, even in the midst of judgment. And this gives us hope through the darkest night. In verse 16 of chapter 3, Isaiah continues his prophecy against Jerusalem, taking up the sin of pride in her women. Moreover, the Lord says, because the daughters of Zion are haughty and walk with outstretched necks and wanton eyes, walking and mincing as they go, making a jingling with their feet, therefore the Lord will strike with a scab the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will uncover their secret parts. The women of Jerusalem had become haughty, that is, proud and arrogant, and they walked with outstretched necks. They had seductive eyes. They would mince as they walked, taking quick little steps, jingling their ankle ornaments to draw as much attention to themselves as possible. Therefore, the Lord would strike their proud heads with a scab, and he would expose their private parts bringing double humiliation. Whether it is found in men or in women, God hates pride. In that day, the Lord will take away the finery, the jingling anklets, the scarves, and the crescents, the pendants, the bracelets, and the veils, the headdresses, the leg ornaments, and the headbands, the perfume boxes, the charms, and the rings, the nose jewels the festal apparel and the mantles, the outer garments, the purses, and the mirrors, the fine linen, the turbans, and the robes. God would take away their jewelry, fine clothes, hats, and other accessories. It wasn't that it was evil to wear stylish or luxurious things. It was their arrogant and selfish attitude that God was judging. Now, everything they owned, everything they had and did was to draw attention to themselves, and that was the problem. The Apostle Peter gives instructions to women about how they should beautify themselves. 1 Peter 3.3 says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Again, the issue at hand is not that it is wrong to own nice things, and there's nothing wrong with looking as good as you can. God created the beauty of a woman. The problem is focusing on the outward while neglecting the inward. There's nothing wrong with styling your hair or wearing jewelry or 
wearing nice clothes, but the greater beautification should be to have a gentle and quiet spirit, because this is of supreme value to God and a blessing to others. Ladies, seek to spend at least as much time looking at your heart in the mirror of God's word as you spend looking at your face in the mirror on the wall. Then both your inner and outer beauty will shine. Verse 24, And so it shall be, instead of a sweet smell, there will be a stench, instead of a sash, a rope, instead of well-set hair, baldness, instead of a rich robe, a girding of sackcloth, and branding instead of beauty. Your men shall fall by the sword, and your mighty in the war. Her gates shall lament and mourn, and she being desolate shall sit on the ground. The attractive fragrance of costly perfume that they wore would turn to an offensive stench. Their beautiful sash would become a rope binding them and leading them away as captives. Their elegant robes would become sackcloth, the clothing of mourning. And rather than showing off their beauty, they would become branded slaves. Finally, the husbands they sought to attract would fall by the sword. When would all this happen? When the Babylonians invaded the land and took them captive, about 150 years after Isaiah wrote these words. Then the women would lament and mourn at the city gate of Jerusalem. They would sit on the ground, destitute and bereaved. And in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, We will eat our own food and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. Now, historically, polygamy has been embraced in cultures where so many men are killed in battle that there are simply not enough of them to go around. The women would work and provide for themselves if only a man would take away their shame of being unmarried and provide a covering. So there would be seven women to one man, but she would do it so that she could take the man's name and bear children. Now, Isaiah was looking forward not only to the Babylonian captivity, but also well beyond that to the day of the Lord. This will happen in the future during the Great Tribulation. Isaiah looks beyond even that to the renewal of Jerusalem that will occur during the millennial reign of Christ. There was no way that you could ever derive this from the text. It's only in light of fulfilled prophecy that we can see what Isaiah was talking about. And that is why the Jews of Jesus' day had such a hard time accepting his coming as the suffering servant that Isaiah spoke of rather than the conquering Messiah. So many of the prophecies are intertwined and we cannot make sense of them until after they come to pass. And that is why Jesus said in John 13, 19, now I tell you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe that I am he. It is fulfilled Bible prophecy that becomes clear to us and leads to our faith. Now in that day, the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and appealing for those of Israel who have escaped. 
The phrase, the branch of the Lord, is a reference to Christ. We find the word branch used in this way, not only here, but also in Jeremiah and Zechariah. Jesus will be beautiful and glorious when he reigns in Jerusalem. During the millennial kingdom, he will bring forth good fruit for all those of Israel who have escaped the Antichrist and survived the Great Tribulation. Now, according to the book of Revelation, during that time, billions of people will die. 144,000 Jews will be sealed and not harmed. There may also be other Jews who survive into the millennial kingdom. Chapter 4, verse 3. And it shall come to pass that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy, everyone who is recorded among the living in Jerusalem. The Jews will be holy once again, for atonement will be made for them when they believe in Jesus Christ. Concerning that time, the prophet Zechariah wrote, And I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. In that day, a fountain shall be opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. It shall be in that day, says the Lord of hosts, that I will cut off the names of the idols from the land and they shall no longer be remembered. I will also cause the prophets and the unclean spirit to depart from the land. And that is what God will do for his people Israel in that day. He will purge them from their sins so that they will be called holy. Verse 4 When the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the blood of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. Their sins will be cleansed by the blood of the Lamb of God. They will be purged that is, their blood-stained hands will be washed. And the spirit of judgment will burn away their dross, purifying them as when silver is refined in the fire. Now, fire in the scripture either speaks of destruction or refinement, and it depends upon the material placed into it. As God's people, when we are placed into the fire, it refines us. It burns away the wood, hay, and straw of our lives. It removes the dross from the silver. I believe that this has been happening to the church during this current pandemic. We may think that we're pure until trials come and then ugly dross floats to the surface. Then God must cleanse and refine us by the spirit of judgment and burning. But when the rebellious and wicked are put into the fire, if they do not repent, then they will be consumed and destroyed. So God's fire either purifies or consumes us. But when the rebellious and the wicked are put into the fire, if they do not repent, then they will be consumed and destroyed. Verse 5, Then the Lord will create above every dwelling place of Mount Zion, and above her assemblies, a cloud and smoke by day, and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For over all the glory there will be a covering. After God removes the sin of his people Israel, then the cloud of his presence and the pillar of fire by night 
will return to Jerusalem. More than that, his presence will hover over every house. He will be a covering to his people. This covering speaks of a canopy or bridal chamber. Whereas previously, the daughters of Jerusalem longed for the covering of a husband, now the Lord himself would be their covering. And there will be a tabernacle for shade in the daytime from the heat for a place of refuge and for a shelter from storm and rain. God will protect his people from all the elements and provide an eternal refuge for them. Never again will they fear a hostile invasion from a foreign country, for God will be with them. As we see this world winding down like a clock, we believe that the return of Jesus Christ is near. Are we ready to meet him? Will we love his appearing? Are we fit for the kingdom of God? I can't speak for you, but I can say that I don't feel fit for the kingdom just yet. There are still plenty of areas in my life that still need refining. But thank God that he is cleansing me by the blood of Jesus and refining me by the fire of his spirit. I would like to close with Jude 24 and 25. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Tomorrow we see where Isaiah sings about his beloved's vineyard, which is Israel. God will judge them for their excesses. He will whistle for distant nations to carry them away into captivity. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible. 